Grand Rising and Happy Jewel Teeth, my dogs. What's up? Hey, 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 I hope you dance wherever you at. I hope you are cheersing, you know, drinking your mimosas, your orange juice, your water, whatever beverage you prefer. Please toast up to freedom, toast up to love, toast up to joy, peace. And all that good stuff, man. This is a, one of your hosts today on SFA Charlotte. Your boy, Kaylin Anthony. They call me Knoxless. You know what I'm saying? And I got two beautiful black individuals joining me on this Juneteenth day. And I'm going to kick it off to none other than your brother from another brother Stokes, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. I hope you're black, blessed, beautiful, and bold today. Amen. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And then I got the lovely sister. You heard her voice. She said, amen. Lord, I see on Instagram. I'm going to kick it to Sister Keeks. Peace and love, family. Happy Juneteenth, y'all. I wish y'all could see me. I'm dancing right now. Man, listen, I just need black, 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 black on black, black, my thoughts on black, black, ooh, play that song for me one time in the car, play it for me, play it for me, but yes, we are going to talk about Juneteenth on today and just really break down the history of it so we can understand what we really are celebrating, because, um, to be honest, before we get to the history, I just want to go into personal history. I don't really remember celebrating it a lot growing up. I just I feel like this will be one of the one of the um, celebrations that black households should just uphold. Period, because of what it represents. So the fact that I have that memory block is kind of like it's kind of like wow. It's kind of like crazy to me. What What about y'all? With y'all, what are y'all experiences? Uh, oh, you go ahead, brother Stokes. No, 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 ladies first. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, the black love in the room. For me personally, I always remember Juneteenth being like a summer festival. I know that we will always have parades in Milwaukee, specifically on that day. And I know as a kid, it wasn't something that my mom took the time to be like okay well this is Juneteenth and this is what it celebrates it was more so of oh the Juneteenth parade is today we going and we just went I didn't really start to find out the the history behind it until I got older just in like I think talking about it for a class I remember doing some research on it but that was pretty much my childhood memory just going to like the summer festival and always seeing a lot of black people, you know, I feel like it was a lot of black owned businesses. It was a lot of activities and food and merchandise and just so many different things that you could invest in or so many different things that you could get into. And I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, Milwaukee just being so segregated in a way that it is. I just thought that was really amazing to be able to have something like that in Milwaukee, already knowing how segregated that it is as a city. Mm. Mm, Man, that's powerful. That's, it really truly is. It, it really is to think about, you know, to think about the fact that there in the north, a town such as a city such as Milwaukee, and I'm sure, you know, I don't want to assume 
but I'm sure the black population in Milwaukee is not a large population. So to have that be a celebration from your childhood, that's awesome. You know, me growing up, um, being the older of the three of us, it, and I'm not joking, guys, I did not know anything, nothing about Juneteenth until I met my homeboy who graduated from an HBCU and he was the first one to teach me about it. Like literally told me about the word, told me about, you know, he didn't give me a rundown of the history of it, but he told me about the word. He told me about, you know, the origins of it being Texas moving through the South. But I remember calling my mom and dad and they were like, eh, well, you know, it was, it's, it's out there, but nobody really celebrated it in our family. Nobody celebrated it in my hometown that I was born in. I don't, I mean, if they got a Juneteenth celebration in my hometown, then I would guarantee you it's less than 10 years old as a celebration. And I'm sure that is behind the efforts of some young black people, not the older black people. And, you know, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my experience with Juneteenth. And I just think that junk is just so crazy that like, we really didn't know the history of it. Even if it was celebrated around us, it was more so like in Keith's Keith's example, it was more so like just a festival Mm -hmm. with black people. So it was dope, you know what I'm saying? But not to know the history of it. And then for Brother Stokes and I, like for it to not really even be brought up, it's just like, it just kind of makes me think. I I wonder what that is. But um, we can get into what Juneteenth actually represents. So, of course... We have the Emancipation Proclamation, which took place or came into effect in 1863. And what this, um, actually January 1st of 1863, at the stroke of midnight, uh, the Confederate states were declared legally free. And so mostly Union soldiers would go into these camps and they would pronounce basically these slaves freedom and they would start reading the Emancipation Proclamation. But not all Confederate states would immediately be free or would acquiesce to the Emancipation Proclamation. And so it actually didn't come until June 19th, 1865 in the Confederate state of Texas where 2,000 Union troops arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas. The army announced that the more than 250,000 enslaved black people in the state were free by executive decree. And this day came to be known as Juneteenth by the newly freed people in Texas. So just the fact that we don't know about it and the fact that people were enslaved two extra years after they had papers from the president, you're free. And they got two extra years added on to their sentence. That's like basically you in jail and basically you free, but we're going to keep you in jail for two more years. And we don't, we're just not going to tell you free though. Like, Oh, just just the mentality, just the mentality of it. So I can only imagine why we don't know or why we don't celebrate it. It's it's kind of messed up though. But yeah, but that that's that's um 
that that's the history. That's the history of it. That's that's Juneteenth. That's and then I did read because that came from the National Museum of African American History of and Culture. That came from their website. And I also read from the Britannica that the year after they were pronounced free is when the first official Juneteenth celebrations took place in Texas. And the original observance included prayer meetings and the singing of spirituals and celebrants wore new clothes as a way of representing their newfound freedom. And then within a few years, other states and other other African-Americans and other states started to celebrate the same day as well as an annual tradition. Now, they it it just kind of just says that it kind of just spread it to other states, but it didn't say every, all states. And then I also saw that a lot of people, um, there are people that celebrate in African American culture, but Juneteenth is not known to a lot of Americans. Now, as of as of recently, like literally uh, earlier this week, the House moved the uh, the House passed a Senate bill making Juneteenth a federal holiday. So I feel like people are going to become more aware of it now. But this is 2021. And Juneteenth started in when? 1865? And now it's a federal holiday? Because you've been killing us and we've been catching it on film? I wonder how them recognizing this as a federal holiday, what type of effect that will have on other laws surrounding the black community. Well, a lot of specifically when it comes to like hate crimes and things like that. Well, a lot of people within our community, the black community, are kind of, if not on the fence, all the way decrying the act of the government moving to make Juneteenth a federal holiday because when you make when the government institutes a federal holiday, it is not a day that is immediately recognized as being for a certain group within these American borders. So it's like, we, we may not as a country federally celebrate Cinco de Mayo, but you can celebrate Cinco de Mayo as a Mexican-American to honor the heritage of Mexico and to honor your Mexican heritage. You may even go so far as to take a day off from work, lose that day's pay of work, uh, and, and, you know, and just say, hey, my people are important. Uh, you know, one day's wages can't compare to what my people fought for, if you know Cinco de Mayo and its history. And so that's a grand celebration for the American government to take Cinco de Mayo and then turn it into a federal holiday is now giving anybody that holds the title American the benefit of a paid day off. Because inside the nine to five world, particularly governmental workers, any federal holiday can be is, is oftentimes instituted as a paid holiday. So it's sort of like a slap in the face to black people if you take Juneteenth 
and you turn it into a federal holiday because now you're given the opportunity for more than just the black community inside of America to benefit from this day, from the remembrance of this day. And as Brother Knox List just alerted us, a lot of people who could quite possibly receive this benefit probably don't even know about it. And 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 I, I just I just hope that now because it's been passed that more people are aware of it. And I mean, shoot, I'm speaking of someone that's literally one year in, like Juneteenth. Like last year is the first year I really celebrated Juneteenth. Like I, I went in, like I actually went back home to celebrate my mom's. Uh, she graduated as well, and so I'm <laughs> everywhere I go. If I see a black person, I'm saying Happy Juneteenth. <laughs> I'm just saying it to every black person I see, like boldly, because I just feel like we just like we got we already got the shortest month in the year. Like <laughs> we just need something, and let's just act black all Juneteenth. And I mean the fact that it's a federal holiday, you know, America gonna do what America does. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like we just need to continue to make it as black as possible, and just take it and make it and define. Define what we want instead of letting society and the world define us. And even even in uh, the Botanical article I was reading, like there are other countries outside. There are other countries, of course, outside the United States that celebrate Juneteenth. So it's like the African diaspora has one day to act a fool for the ancestors. <laughs> and it's just like. It, it just like it just makes me just I, I could just like my mind just takes me bird's eye view of just like just the whole all the continents and just seeing just a party jumping on every single one on one day because we all just celebrate freedom like true like freedom like human freedom hmm. I think that's a that's a that's a powerful message. Yeah, especially the unification in the whole in the whole thing. Thanks, yeah. I think the fact that like it just it it, it the fact that Amer like the African American hurt can stretch that far to touch our brothers and sisters on other continents to want to celebrate our freedom is their freedom. It just no. I was just I I had to piggyback on what you just said because our brothers and sisters in other areas of the world recognize, in true fashion, being of African descent, that we here inside of America, descendants of stolen African, are probably the most recognized as being enslaved, I'm sure. I mean, like, I would love to get into the weeds. That's an old phrase. I would love to get into the weeds about slavery in other areas of the world, particularly the enslavement of Africans in other areas of the world. But when you look at the period of time, 1619 to 1863, and if you want to add in Jim Crow and the fight for rights, 
1968, you're talking about a 400 year. Think about that. 400 years. 1619, the first 11, 13, first 11 enslaved Africans are, are forcibly brought to these shores. Six, uh, 1863, you have the Emancipation Proclamation being delivered, but six months later, think about that. Those people who enslaved the Africans banked, they counted on the, the, the pure ignorance of those African individuals to not understand all that, what you could call high English being read out loud to them. So once they finished reading it, you had Africans looking at each other, then looking unto their quote unquote masters going, all right, so what's next? Well, you go back to work. Or you could, you know, it's up to you what you want to do. I'm sure that wasn't a, a, a statement because there was no there was no full explanation. Oh, you don't have to be here no more. You can freely walk away from here and no death will come to you. No shackles will be upon your ankles and or wrists. You will not be bound down. You will not be whipped. Like none of that was explained to them. So our brothers and sisters in other areas of the world, they recognized the greatness of that proclamation. And, and I'm sure they had to jump at it in the same way that most of us, even until this day, the, the large majority of the black community, even until this day inside these America, inside this America, are looking around like, so what does this mean? Yeah. And it's interesting that you you mentioned the point of them not being harmed even after that declaration was made. Because I came across an article that was published by PBS.org. Mm -hmm. The title of the article is, What is Juneteenth? And it was actually published by Henry Louis Gates Jr. And I just want to read a, a small segment of the article. Because he was pretty much talking about a story that was published by a previous someone who was enslaved. So I'm just going to go ahead and read the excerpt. It reads, those who acted on the news did so at their own peril. As quoted in Whitwack's book, former slave Susan Merritt recalled, you could see lots of niggers hanging to trees in Sabine Bottom right after freedom because they caught them swimming because Sabine River and shoot them. In one extreme case, according to Hayes Turner, a former slave named Katie Darling continued working for her mistress another six years. She, quote, whipped me after the war just like she did for, end quote, Darling said. So that was pretty much an excerpt that was taken out of that former slave's book and her novel. And just talking about how even after that announcement was made, Black people couldn't walk around without having that fear of being harmed because they were being shot, they were being murdered, they were being hung, they were being killed, even though they were free. And it was just a control mechanism because, of course, the people who owned them didn't want them to be free. 
And I just feel like that goes back to what you said, Brother Stokes, about the slave masters profiting off of off of their ignorance. But then it's like, even in people knowing, you know, even if they did know, could they really still enjoy that freedom? Because here it was this population, which was at that time a massive population, kind of had this fear tactic that they'll use to try to keep them enslaved mentally. Yeah, I was just about to say, it was like they gave us fake freedom. Like, you're free. You can do whatever you want. You got to figure it out, though. <laughs> right. Like, no structure, no, we'll educate you, we'll bring you up to speed. Like, no, just figure it out. But I want us, yeah, you're you're definitely, both of you guys are, are hitting great points because, man, I didn't know we were, you know, as I think of Juneteenth and immediately after the, the, the announcement and uh, you, you might as well say it the way it was supposed to be received, the release of these stolen Africans and even their children and their grandchildren and their great-grands, um, you had to know and, and this goes to what you were saying, Knoxless. You had to know that you had bricklayers, you had blacksmiths, you had um, tailors and seamstresses, you had uh, farmers, you had um, carpenters, you had all manner of skilled trade that could expand industry not only in the South, but in the North and in what would be known as the New West. So of course, there had to be fear tactics put in place. I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that knows this, but it wasn't long after the Emancipation Proclamation that you had, especially in the South, the uh, local law enforcement, state governments, and some said even the federal government started instituting what was called vagrancy laws. This is where we get uh, our signs today, no solicitation, no loitering. Those were all set in place right after the end of forced slavery. Um, North Carolina Black Slave Code. Right, so as soon as as soon as you had all these, the skilled labor, and again, remember, let's go back to the brass tacks of, of, of what the ending of slavery meant to white America at that time. It meant that you had to now negotiate the fair payment for services. How are you gonna, and, and let's be real, as a, as, a, as a white person in America, it's the hardest conversation to have if you're above the age of 65, knowing that you can remember your grandparents talking about not having to pay niggas. Like, I ain't got to pay that nigga. I can tell him to come to my house and I can promise to pay him. But as soon as he finishes the work, I can tell him, nigga, get on. You can't do that today. That's not something that can be done today. So you think about 
Juneteenth and the celebration, how we celebrate it today, we have to celebrate skilled laborers. Like all of our grandparents and great grandparents who were seamstresses, who knew how to sew clothes, who knew how to who knew how to add on to the house, who knew how to um, work with electricity to, to expand the household, who knew how to lay bricks, you know, barn raisings, who knew how to, uh, just the basic nature of, of all different manners of trade. That's what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Oh, that's legit. That's legit. That's legit. I feel like giving praise, giving praise to all just our predecessors and ancestors for what they had to live through, grind through, survive through, just to even come to this day. Like it, it um, it, this moment just kind of even brings me to a question Keeks had asked, um. Earlier in the week when we were talking, she was like, um, just is it is Juneteenth worth celebrating? And as I was reading it, that question was just so pointed, like, mm, I've never even thought of it. Mm, that's a good question. And let me find out if I really need to be celebrating it or if we're just celebrating something that don't even we just celebrate a meaningless holiday. So to know the the meaning behind it, and it's just like, man, it brought it it, it made me think of a moment. I feel like I read it too, like. Immediately after they heard the news, they just immediately went into joy and just like set like singing and dancing and just jumping. And it was just like, man, if I was then, I would have probably did the same thing. Like just imagine how that feels. Like someone you you picking the you picking the car and working your day. You just doing what it singing your spiritual, making your way through the day, and someone just comes. Yo, you don't gotta be here no more. You don't gotta do this though. Oh, you free. At first, you probably repeat yourself a little bit, thinking, mm -hmm. what's gonna happen? We're gonna get more work to do. You know what I'm saying? But then to really like let that news sink in and it to be real. Oh my goodness. The overwhelming joy, I bet they well, I mean fear and joy. And I feel like we've kept that. <laughs> Like we can't really be truly joyful because we feel we we afraid what's gonna happen. Man, but what about y'all? How would how would y'all feel like if if you were there? That question, like, what when you when you hear that question, is Juneteenth worth celebrating? What is you know as you did your research, or even now, how do you feel? What how, what does that question evoke in you? It's something that makes me, well, I definitely just imagine myself being in that moment as you just did, you know, you not even anticipating it or expecting it to happen. It just happens. It just happens. Thinking about that relief, but more so thinking of how, how I would feel as a black woman during that time. Cause I feel like granny, yes, having that freedom is awesome and everything, but you know, and being a black woman, just thinking about relief, but then I guess, like you said, fear. Because I know the first instinct would be to try to get your family back together, get your friends back together. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember that that's literally what happened afterwards. A lot of people, because I think right after Emancipation Proclamation, the Reconstruction period happened. And mm-hmm. it just, like, literally, families just trying to reconnect. You're trying to go back to such and such plantation and get your people. Right. Oof. Yeah. But right now, I would definitely say it's something to celebrate and just being excited. I mean, granny, you know, we still have the things that we're fighting against to this day, I think just taking the time to celebrate us and commemorate those who's, whose lives were taken, you know, whether if it was for a sacrifice or for a movement or an accident or with a very malicious intention, just celebrating all the Black people, all of Black, all of Black people, just celebrating us. I think that's always something worth celebrating and something that's dope. Spending time with your family, you know, um, networking. I'm with it. I love it. I think it's awesome. Heck yeah. You know, you know, you know, I'm going to say it's worth celebrating mm-hmm. because we have to <clears throat> and, and not we have to um, systematically, not like a you better celebrate. No. We have to celebrate because this, that moment, yes, if I were, you know, playing the if game, if I were present at that moment, I would like to think I would be one of the more astute individuals that could hear it to immediately understand that I'm going to grab my family if I got to go back to wherever I was shipped from and grab them, whether it be wife, mother, brothers, sisters, you know, and I'm going to make my way somewhere as far away from that so that even symbolically, we don't have to remember this. Like I, you know, I'd probably try to go to Canada or Mexico, or build a boat and try to go back to Africa. Like, I don't want to remember this. I don't want to remember this. It was a bad dream. I finally woke up. I think that's how I would feel at that moment. Um, God bless that I'm on this side of the proclamation, and I'm thinking about it in retrospect. Um, But yes, we should celebrate it today. It is worthy of being celebrated today because of all of the advances, just our people, literally. And, and, and one small aspect, just one small aspect, everyone gives credit to Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll. Elvis Presley would not be able to have a style if it were not for Chuck Berry, Lil Richard, uh, Muddy Waters, if it wasn't for blue singers who nobody ever knew about, if it wasn't for people like Buddy Guy. And, And I'm just taking a small sliver of Black history. These are the men 
that are, without a shadow of a doubt, the architects of rock and roll. And so when you have any industry, I think about me being a union member, a union plumber. Um, I'm not active right now, but I'm a union plumber. I went through the trade school. I went through apprenticeship and I became a journeyman in 2010. Journeyman plumber. To think about the history of union activity in America is because of black people becoming free slaves. So Juneteenth, I will celebrate because even as a union member, I'm gonna celebrate the fact that, hey, you can't keep me out because you're the reason I'm here. You organized, but you still couldn't keep me out. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. That's why we, we, we must celebrate so much, not only in America, but in the world, so much of, all right, I'll keep it funky. So, so much of white people's activities in the world are because they know without a shadow of a doubt, if they just left us alone to be the great individuals that we are created to be, they would be locked out of so much of industry. But even in their attempts to pigeonhole us, to lock us out, they eventually have to say, we gotta let them in. And I believe in my heart, that is a byproduct of that original sin of white people especially here in America. Your original sin of forced enslavement is always going to have to be repaid by bringing us to the table, inviting us to the table. And that's why we should celebrate Juneteenth. We should celebrate Juneteenth because on that day, that was the day that all of white America had to deal with the future reckoning of their sin. Like, we free now. You're going to have to bring us to the table. You, you might be able to swindle us some years. You might be able to lock us out some years. You know, I think about voting. All of the tactics that white people put in place to keep us from voting, and in 1964, you had to let it go. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. So it's like tech. We must celebrate Juneteenth because of, of, of tech industry. We must celebrate Juneteenth because of, because of entertainment industry. We must celebrate tech because of financial industry. I mean, I think about what brothers and sisters are doing today inside the realm of cryptocurrency. Like, after, yeah, because like, that dollar dropping. Yeah, like Akon, and if you guys don't know who Akon is, you should celebrate Juneteenth because of Akon. Akon has figured out a way to bring solar power to West Africa. Think about that. <laughs> he has found a way to empower the whole entire Western coast of Africa to the point to where now 
there's going to be even more disposable income for Africans to build their own villages, cities, towns. Uh, Wakanda. Okay. Right. Wakanda forever. That's why we must celebrate Juneteenth. Bruh, that was the best speech I've ever heard. I need to hear that every Juneteenth. I need to wake up to that speech. Wakanda forever. I just wake up just screaming. Just yes. But no. No. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Man. Just as you were speaking. Do you believe we should celebrate it? Heck Yeah. (laughs) Heck yeah, man. What the fuck? Yes, we need to celebrate Juneteenth. Like I said, that's we have one day, literally. This is what I say. If it's your birthday, you have one day. In 365 days, 366 on the leap year, you have one day where you can be selfish. It's called your birthday. You can have one day. So don't don't be nice. Don't care about nobody's feelings. Be selfish. Because when tomorrow come, I don't want to hear nothing. You had one day, 24 hours. Black people, we have one day <laughs> to act a, act a fool correctly. You know, we ain't trying to break no you know, little laws or nothing like that. No break nothing. <laughs> but just celebrate in pure joy and act a fool correctly. Act a plum fool. Don't break no laws. Act a dumb fool. Go crazy. But literally... <laughs> Just celebrate our freedom, man. Celebrate the fact that you can listen to this podcast anywhere in public. The fact that we can speak this freely on the airwaves. The fact that we can come together mentally to to create this atmosphere, this platform, these things to create. The fact that we can choose what we want to do day to day. Let's celebrate that, man. Like, put all the BS aside, put all the petty stuff, put all the beef, put all the, oh, she said, he say, all that stuff, man. Put all the drama aside, and let's just celebrate us being one. Because at the end of the day, that's all we are. Mm. Mm. Amen. That's all we are. Man, you, ju- you got me juiced up, Bustos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's wrong, man? We're going to turn Juneteenth into a week celebration, guy, yeah, though. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. I'm That'd black. Be nice. What's up, Listen, Juneteenth week. What? She, yeah, like Mardi Gras. All right. All right, universe. I hear you. Speak, in, speak it, and it shall come. All right. I, I got to get to planning. Anyways, but, um, yeah, man. Wow. This, 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 this is dope. This is dope. This is dope. Keeks, um, what is your first, if you can remember your first memory Mm -hmm. of of the parade, of the celebration there in Milwaukee? Like, or what was the very first thing you remember that you connected to? Oh, it's Juneteenth Festival. The very first thing. That's a good question. Hmm. Other than my mom saying it out of her mouth, like her, me listening to her say, yeah, we going to Juneteenth or we at Juneteenth. I would say just seeing so many black people together. 
even mm. though I do feel like most of the events that we were, that I attended growing up in Milwaukee, you know, they were like that. But I don't know. It was just something about Juneteenth that felt different. Like, I know we had other summer festivals. Like, you know, we have State Fair. We have Summerfest. We got um, Bastille Days, which is another, like, parade or something that they'll have. Um Garfield Days, which is actually another festival that we'll have. And I think that one is predominantly, I don't know. It's like, and being around so many black people and just feeling, I don't know, I guess feeling, it was like a giant family cookout. Mm. Like, you know, people listening to music, you got people walking and talking and eating. It just felt, it felt good. It didn't feel off in any way um I guess just seeing so many different age groups as well you know you had older people you had people that were my age younger just a different or a variety of age groups um what else I'll also just say the vendors the people who are selling their merchandise there uh just seeing so many black vendors mm. and then I know the parade itself is always hosted on Martin Luther King Drive man I feel like you're just describing homecoming to me <laughs> so so listen you were saying when you were saying Juneteenth week I was like hey homecoming week I mean you know I was, that's the first thing I thought about so listen hey, I just don't ahead. I just don't see why it why it should not be a thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, sure. I mean, it, it'll, it'll be a dope thing because I mean, it's it's a, it's black freedom everywhere. Like, think of the the Tulsa, the Tulsa, Black Wall Street in Tulsa. Think of Brooklyn here in Charlotte. I mean, think of all these other just black cities or black mini cities got destroyed. Like, I feel like. I feel like all this is just tied together. Like we just need to celebrate, celebrate these moments, these moments that remind us of who we are. Free. Yeah. And in that celebration, you know, I I I I definitely need to say this um, for anybody who's listening. Even in our moments of celebration, let's not. Let it go that the, yeah. high, that the highest form of celebrating, honoring, remembering uh, establishment that it is worthy of our attention is that we strive for achievement, that we continue. Ooh, I like how you did that. I like how you did that. <laughs> That okay. we continuously achieve. Look, I'm I'm speaking. Okay, to the brother or sister that's listening to us right now, that just got that new job at McDonald's or Chick Fil A, or um, or even at Church's Chicken. Like, strive for achievement there. That's how you celebrate Juneteenth. That's your highest form of celebrating Juneteenth every day. You may not stay there. 
But there's a level of skill that you can learn. You can learn bookkeeping. You can learn uh, management. You can learn human resources. People don't tell you these things. But if you are of the Black American culture, these are the things that you'll learn on the fly, especially around other Black people who see you striving for achievement. They'll teach these things. They'll give you little pieces of wisdom. They'll show you how to advance because they'll see that you want to be higher. You'll want to be in a, in a, in a more lucrative position. You'll want, you know, then you might be able to strive for the achievement of business ownership. Then you may be able to strive for the achievement of owning multiple business. You, you, whatever it is, if you're in school, strive for achievement to be the best, to be the 4.0, to be the 4.2, to, to, to be the salutatorian or validatorian. To, to go from undergrad to grad to PhD program. I mean, like, just continue to strive. That's, your, that's the highest form of celebrating Juneteenth. Why? Because it was on that day. It was on that day that a whole lot of our ancestors could think about Maybe they couldn't achieve it. Maybe some were, well, not maybe. Some were hanged. Some were hung. Some were shot dead. Some were burnt alive. Some were raped and, 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 and pummeled. Some were some, just all manner of atrocities. All manner of white terrorism befell them. So our highest form of celebrating Juneteenth is to continue to strive for achievement and listen. And I'll be quiet after this. Striving for achievement doesn't mean that you have to be famous. It doesn't mean that you got to be worldwide known doesn't mean that you got to be a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire. It just means that you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward. And you have to define what that is because you're the black person that is striving for achievement to celebrate Juneteenth in its highest form. Amen. And, uh, I was about to say. <laughs> and uh, we're going to pass around the collection plate, cash app, hat, uh, star, not star, dollar sign, go see Big Bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. That's not it. Uh-oh, uh oh oh get me right there. Get me right there. The collection plates get passed around, dollar sign. <laughs> dollar sign, Bruh Stokes, B-R-U-H-S-T-O-K-E-S. He said, I've accepted all forms of payments. Yes, sir. That's yes, it. sir. But no, man, this is, um, yeah, like, 
this is it. Like, I just really wanted to just, just, just bring in Juneteenth, like, right. Like, just with some energy, with some history, some information, some education, and just some inspiration at the end of the day, man. So, as we continue to move forward into this day, just continue to act a fool and celebrating and really just striving, as Brother Stokes so eloquently put it, striving for achievement in all our endeavors, showing our blackness, showing the fact that no matter what the American system, the Western culture, the world put against us, we still here. And you st- and we still here, and you still got to mess with us. And you still got to see us, bro. You still got to come see me. Mm. You still got to come see us. <laughs> so stand on that today, man. Um, do y'all have any final words before we close this thing out and go turn up on Juneteenth? No, that's, I mean, sure, you said it already. Go turn up. <laughs> go turn up. Man. Let's do- I'm just gonna say cabbage because y'all already got the turnips. <laughs> well, hit the cabbage patch and turn up greens, you know what I'm saying? But no, man, turn up, strive for achievement, man. We love y'all. Happy Juneteenth. I hope to see y'all out there, man. Peace, love, and hair grease. Yeah. Peace.